It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 9th, 2018. My name is Phil Prosperreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You, you can, of course, follow me on Twitter at omd. And we are here on the day after the trade deadline to talk about the moves the Magic made. Maybe this moves the Magic didn't make. We'll hear from Jeff Weltman as he talks about the Alfred Payton trade. And then, of course, I'll finish with a quick recap of the Magic's win over the Atlanta Hawks. Before we get into all that, though, you can check out everything that happened at the trade deadline on the Locked On NBA Podcast Network, just like you're going to get a detailed evaluation of the Orlando Magic's trade deadline on this show. You'll get a detailed evaluation of every team's trade deadline, or pretty much every team's trade deadline, on each individual Locked On podcast. Want to know what the Cleveland Cavaliers are thinking with all the moves that they made on Thursday? Check out Locked On Cavaliers. I know they do a great job covering the Cavaliers. You got Locked On Lakers covering the Los Angeles Lakers. Locked On NBA will be doing a complete recap of the NBA trade deadline too, I am sure. So be sure to check out all those shows. You can find them all on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Same kind of detail, your team every day, just like the ad says. So be sure to check those out for a complete trade deadline recap with all the details from the local sources that you know you can trust. But of course, the Orlando Magic were busy on the NBA trade deadline. Or maybe not busy, but they were active. Um, They did make a move, a rather significant one, one that... Many people probably saw coming, but not quite the way that it did. When I talked about the trade deadline throughout the week, I said most likely the Magic are probably going to try and trade Alfred Payton or Mario Azonia. Those those were the two players that they had the most urgency to trade. And by urgency, I mean that they, of course, were free agents. Everyone else, they needed to wait for a deal that they like. And even with Alfred Payton, I thought that they needed to find a deal that they like. But it was also clear that the Magic were ready to move in a new direction. They were no longer going to wait things out with Alfred Payton. It didn't feel like that they were willing to give a long-term commitment to Alfred Payton in free agency. And so they looked to move on and move forward with their uh, with their team and with, with, uh, with, with the direction that they're going at point guard. Ultimately, though, the deal that the Magic get is not going to look good on paper. I, there's there's no way I can say this. Um, while I think it will turn out to be fine, and it's exactly what the Magic needed to do, 
it definitely does not look good for Orlando or does not look the way that uh, you would hope or, or bring the return that many people had hoped for a player who's been a starting point guard for this team for the last four years. The deal itself, the Orlando Magic traded Alfred Payton to the Phoenix Suns for the second most favorable of Phoenix's three second-round picks. Phoenix in 2018, uh, well, now, but but Phoenix in 2018 owns Memphis's pick, Charlotte's pick, and Miami's second-round pick. Orlando will get the second most favorable of those picks. Now, it's looking like it's going to be Charlotte, who's currently slated to pick 41st in the second round. Essentially, the Magic traded Alfred Payton for a second-round pick. That, not essentially, that is what they traded him for. And considering Peyton's a starting point guard, considering that you know he's averaging 13 points per game, considering that he's having a career year, a career shooting year even, it does not feel like a fair return. And if this were a fantasy league, your GM should absolutely veto the trade. But this is not a fantasy league. There are other considerations to make. Uh, Jeff Weltman said this best in or said this or in his explanation um, to the media after the Magic's game on Thursday. Value is determined by the rest of the league and what you can get from the rest of the rest of the league. So, if the Magic were truly determined to trade Alfred Payton, which it appears they were, they appear to have made the decision they were not going to resign him. And Weltman again, uh, and you'll you'll hear this when I play the clip. Weltman again said that the team was not looking to commit financially to the same core. I think that's a very key statement that Weltman makes, and again, you'll hear it in a moment. The Magic were not willing to commit to this same core. They know it doesn't work. And so they're looking to shed some salary or shed some of these contracts and flip things over. And so the one thing they could not do was extend Alfred Payton, was be willing to commit to him in free agency. That really is the one thing they could not do. And so the Magic resolved to move on, no matter what the cost was. There was a report from Frank Isola of the New York Daily News that Orlando was in serious discussions with the New York Knicks and former Orlando Magic assistant general manager Scott Perry. But the Magic insisted on taking Frank Tilakina. The Knicks tried to get Joachim Noah involved. And ultimately, the deal fell apart, the Knicks moving on and acquiring Emmanuel Moutier in a three-team deal. We won't know the whole story about that, so you take the rumor for what it is that the Magic did have a couple offers on the table, likely for very much the same thing. A high second-round pick, perhaps a late first-round pick in New York's case, but not a player of value coming back. The Magic weren't going to take Doug McDermott. They were looking for, you know, they were looking for either a player they liked or to just dump Peyton, which is harsh, but probably the reality. Again, it does not look good I fully admit that. I fully recognize that. Peyton is better than whatever the Magic are going to get with the second round pick that they will get this year. 
He is better than that. He is a starting caliber point guard, although he probably shouldn't be starting for a winning team. And I think Alex Kennedy is absolutely right that the Phoenix Suns got a steal and only giving up a second-round pick for Alfred Payton. That is a deal that a lot of teams could have and should have jumped on. But having said all that, I think the Magic did about as well as they could here. Everyone in the league knows about Alfred Payton's struggles. Everyone knows what or who he is at this point. And the question that that the Magic have is the same question every other team in the league has. How much are you willing to pay for Alfred Payton? That was not a question the Magic were ready to answer. And clearly, it was not a question many teams were ready to give up a, a valuable asset to answer. The Phoenix Suns are taking a flyer on him. No, I don't think just because Phoenix traded for Alfred Payton doesn't mean that they don't want Trey Young or a point guard in this draft. I think it means they felt that there was an appropriate risk for them to take and that if the price is right, they're willing to match the restricted free agency rights. This is going to be a tight summer financially. So Phoenix could take that risk. And it'll probably work out well for them or work out well for them in some respects. It'll be interesting to see Alfred play for that team with some of the weapons that they have. But Orlando needed to move on. And I'll explain exactly why later on in the show. But for right now, um, since I, I, I think it was broadcast on, on OrlandoMagic.com, but if it wasn't, I wanted to make sure everyone got to hear what Jeff Weltman had to say. I teased it on Twitter and, and didn't really post during the during the press conference or say much about it um, afterward. Um, people asked me where they could hear what Jeff Weltman had to say. Um, it's been a while since we've talked to Jeff Weltman, or at least since he's had a full press conference like this. And so I wanted to give everyone the opportunity to hear what Jeff Weltman had to say as we discussed the Orlando Magic's trade deadline, their, acquis- their trading away of Alfred Payton and what it means for the team moving forward. Jeff, what prompted the Magic to decide to trade Alfred and what prompted the team to apparently decide that it was not interested in bringing him back in free agency in July? Well, I wouldn't say not interested. Um, you know, these things are always uh, um, two-sided conversations and, um, you know, we have to weigh the um, marketplace this summer, what Alfred could command and where we are, and if that fits into our plans going forward. So, uh, you know, Alfred's a good player and, and we wish him the best. He, he, he uh, you know, gave us everything he had. And um, sometimes those uh, interests don't always align. And, and, you know, this was one of those cases. I mean, he's, he's a free agent this summer and um, understanding where we are as a team, what we're looking at, our curve, we felt it was best to pursue options, and um, you know this is what we decided to do. Jeff, you said all along that you're going to use this year to, to evaluate the talent, learn the talent. Mm-hmm. How much have you learned about maybe what the team needs at that position going forward? Yeah. 
Well, you know, the NBA is evolving, and, and um, I think it's an interesting question in, in the respect that, you know, we have to fit this into the context of our team and um, into the context of the league. And uh, um, certainly as we grow the team, you know, there are certain principles and, and um, cornerstones that we want to build with. And, uh, you know, these all go into the, into the mix of free agency and uh, draft and timing uh, where we are as a team. So, you know, do we want to lock in financially um, to a team that, that's, you know, struggled in recent years? Um, these are all factors that, that, that figure in. And then, and then too, um, you know, when you're, when you're in situations like this, um, you know, you have to find partners, you know. So, uh, you know, that's what we did. We were very vigilant this week. I think our guys did a great job. We were on the phone constantly and, you know, excited to come away with, uh, with a, what we think could be a quality pick for us. Yeah, uh, it's becoming increasingly important, and uh, you know, I'm sure uh, that you don't need me to tell you that. Um, this is where the league is going, and um, obviously that you know you can design certain teams in in ways that aren't uh, the norm. But you know, the the standard in the NBA right now, and it's only going more in that direction, is to have off the bounce shooters in the backcourt and. Um, you know, Alfred, Alfred outweighs that with some of the other things that he does, but that's certainly a consideration as we move forward. Jeff, how, how close did you, become, did you and the team come to making other deals today or in the days prior to that? I'm going to give you the numbers of other GMs, and you can ask them that, because <laughs> sometimes we don't know. You know, we're having conversations with teams constantly, and... Uh, you know, seems like there's interest, and then deals kind of dissolve, or at the last minute, team decides not to do something. You know, this is what happens at this time of year. 99% of the deals that you pursue and the calls that you make are fruitless, and that's that's the process. You know, um, so uh, I can't quantify it, but you know, we 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 had a lot of dialogue with the league. Not only that that could result in a deal, but maybe even just to assess the way that the league sees our players. You know, that's an important part of this process as you go from, you know, draft to trade deadline to draft. So everything we come away with, we feel, is we're gaining information, we're gaining knowledge and an understanding of the value of our players. Um, how was what you, what you did today as far as deals are, <clears throat> what you've learned over the last few, few weeks, few months, how does that play into your plans or developing your plans for, for this offseason? Well, you know, we, we added a draft pick, you know, um, we retained a little flexibility and, uh, you know, that, that, that really kind of remains to be seen. You know, I would say that those, that's what we got today and we're excited to have those. We, we feel we need those um, to have uh, a, a little bit of wiggle room and creativity as we assemble the roster. Um, so, you know, uh, all that stuff comes to bear in June as we start to do this again all, all over again. A couple more. Uh, Jeff, you guys have added veterans, you've added young players. What would you say the window is in this team? There are some deals, Courtney and Vucevic, that seem more uh, short-term, or not short-term, but point now, guys that are ready right now. Mm -hmm. There are guys like Jonathan Isaac, obviously, need to develop. 
Uh, that's a great question. You know, I think that um, that kind of remains to be seen. I don't think that, you know, you, you want to have a team of 15, 20-year-olds, you know, or unless you're really pushing to do something significant, a team of, you know, 15, 28-plus-year-olds. So uh, most teams are, are a combination. You want, you want good young veterans. You want veterans to show the young guys how to prepare and, and develop in the league. Um, and I feel like we have a pretty good mix of that. Obviously, we're, we're kind of in the early stages of, of getting that all assembled. Um, but, uh, you know, you talk about Fournier and Vooch, for example, you know, 25 and 27, young guys, you know, a lot of years left in them. And, um, and I, you could even make the case with Vooch becoming more of a kind of modernized three-point shooting, you know, big man this year that he's actually, like, improving and that, you know, Fournier at age 25 maybe hasn't even hit his prime yet. So um, I don't know. Uh, you know, that, that's something that we continue to evaluate. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's something that we have to integrate with our young guys. Jeff, with moving Alfred, you know, you're down to two point guards in the roster. Are you looking to pick up somebody in the buyout market and start next week or bring up one of the G League guys to be the third point guard? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think, you know, this is – this is an opportunity for us to look at some guys. Um, I don't think we'll be players in the buyout market just because, you know, those guys tend to gravitate towards the playoff teams and, you know, that's why they're getting bought out. But, um, you know, we're going to meet tomorrow with uh, all of our scouts, uh, Matt Lloyd and Jason Stout and Anthony Parker and Prosper Karangwa and, and start to uh, get our arms around what young guys we want to take a look at. We do create a roster spot with the ability to do that now. And I think that will be something that we – kind of dedicate the remainder of the season to. With 20-some-odd games left in the season, what do you want to see from, from, from the players and the team on, on the board the rest, of, the rest of the way? The same thing. We want to see, we want to see guys who uh, play hard and play for each other. And, um, you know, we've been through a lot this year, man. You know, we've been through a lot of injuries. Um, and uh, I know it's a transitional season, you know, um, and, and – it has not been, um, by any stretch, um, an easy season. And I think our guys have really acquitted themselves well, that they've hung together, that they still are out there fighting and battling and playing for one another. And um, we want to continue to see that. Last question, Josh. Jeff, uh, a lot of fans were confused about trading a starting point guard for a pick that if the season ended today, would be 41st overall. Mm -hmm. uh, is the 41st? Overall pick, enough value for a guy who started almost all of the team's games this season? Well, you know, Josh, um, I can tell you that, you know, we were concerned about um, what this summer would look like with free agency, with locking ourselves in financially. And um, it doesn't become what, what's, what's, what the player's worth is what the league says he's worth. You know, we don't create the market. The league creates the market. And so um, we talked to a lot of teams. Um, and um, at the end of the day, I'll say that this is fair because this is what the league deemed was fair. Um, you know, uh, the, the alternative could, could possibly have been that we lose Alfred for nothing. And these picks have value, you know, to help you do deals, to use them. I mean, you know, last year around this range, we picked Wes Wundu. You know, we were, we're high on him. So, um, you know, we're hoping to um, 
put good use to, for the pick, um, put the pick to good use. Um, but you know, this is this is the way that that it played out. And considering the the alternative of potentially losing Alfred for nothing, we felt this was a good move. And there you have Jeff Weltman following Thursday's game against against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, the the Magic trading Alfred Payton. He discussed the trade, why the Magic made the move that they did, and why the team uh, felt like this was the the right move to make or the move that they had to make. Um, as he notes, a lot of it just has to do that the Magic felt like they needed to get an asset in return for Alfred Payton. They could not afford to let him walk for nothing. They knew that he had some value out there and that getting even just a second-round pick was something valuable. It was something that they could package in another trade or something that they could move on or they can move and move around with some t- down the road. Easier said than done, of course. A lot, of, a lot of things still have to fall into place for the Magic, and a lot of things still have to get done for Orlando to move forward. And, of course, that's a lot of the questions that were, that were asked is, okay, what's the next step? And, and, we're, and as Weltman said, we're going to go through this cycle again at the draft in June. That's the next big ca- date on the calendar. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. But undoubtedly, things now do change. Undoubtedly, this is just the first step of reshaping the Magic's roster. The trade deadline gets everyone excited. Everyone thinks big things can happen at the trade deadline, and yeah, big things can happen at the trade deadline. Just look at what Cleveland did on Thursday. So a lot can happen at the deadline. But more often than not, fans come away disappointed at the deadline because teams don't completely reshape and reform their teams at the deadline. Teams don't completely remake themselves. Most teams stay quiet at the deadline or do something very minor. And so the trade deadline is both kind of a moment of hope and at for a lot of team, a lot of fans, a moment of disappointment. But let's let's get this completely straight here. Thursday was just the beginning of the changes that are likely to come to the Orlando Magic. It may be a little bit of a long slog. When you look at the Magic's books, there are a lot of difficult contracts to move. It's not going to happen in one year. 
the Magic are still going to rely on an incredibly young core of players. And Jeff Wollman is a subscriber that you don't want a team that's way too young, unless you're tanking, which the Magic are not. And you don't want a team that's way too old, unless you're going for a championship, and those are the players that you need on the roster. And so, the changes that are going to come are going to take some time to come. They're going to develop slowly over the next year, year and a half even. It may not all happen this summer, but clearly it will happen. As Jeff Weltman said, we don't want to commit financially to a group that we know does not work. That's where the Magic are at right now. Trying to get out from under this group that doesn't work. And that's just to put it bluntly. I mean, yes, the Magic are now on a three-game win streak, but they're 18-36. and Let's not pretend things are hunky-dory here. But moving Alfred Payton is the first step. The inevitable first step. The necessary first step to making this transformation. Alfred Payton and trading Alfred Payton is the official end of the Rob Hennigan era. Alfred Payton was the player Rob Hennigan seemingly was willing to die on his hill for. And he did. He was the player that Hennigan went out of his way to get. Trading a first-round pick that became Dario Saric, or the draft rights to Dario Saric, and sending a first-round pick back to the Sixers. There were reports that Coach Scott Skiles did not believe Alfred Payton could be a starting point guard in the league. Hennigan won that battle, and Skiles left his coach after one year. Not necessarily because of Peyton, but it was certainly one of the many divisions between coach and GM at the time. By all accounts, Peyton was a model citizen. I mean, he won the DeVos Enrichment Award. Players in the locker room liked him. And when, he, when, when, when we talked to players after the game... You know, Mario Zonia was especially close to, to Peyton. You know, he, he said it hurt to lose lose him. Evan Fournier said, you know, I've watched this kid grow for four years as a rookie, and it, it's, it's tough to see a guy like him go. D.J. Augustin called him like his little brother of, of both both New Orleans residents, um, you know, with a lot, a lot of commonalities between them. It hurts to lose a guy like that. And he was someone that did all the right things. Let's not, let's not pretend that he didn't work hard and improve his game. He did. Let's not pretend that he wasn't good in the community or good locker room presence. He was. But the bottom line is this is a zero-sum league, and you have to produce. And while Peyton produced plenty of counting stats, 
He didn't produce the stat that matters, and that's wins. In four years in Orlando, most of them as the team starter. Let's not forget that. He is essentially a four-year starter. Peyton never was able to get the team over the hump. He had this preternatural ability to get into the paint and score and create for others. But he couldn't build that next level. He couldn't bring his teammates up to another level and make them better. The faith and investment that Rob Hennigan put in him was never rewarded. There are several times in the four years that Peyton was the starting point guard that Orlando benched him, and they were legitimate benchings. They were good decisions backed by numbers. Out of the Magic's rotation players... Alfred Payton has the worst, the Magic have the worst defensive rating when Alfred Payton is on the floor. That's, you know, on-off numbers like that can be deceptive. But this was consistent. Payton really struggled to fit it, to fit. And really struggled intangibly in my opinion, to lead. He was the wrong point guard to invest in. He was the wrong player to put the faith in. And of course, Rob Hennigan died on that hill, essentially. The Magic weren't going to commit to him any longer. They were ready to move on. They've been ready to move on, it seems, for a while. And so they did. No matter what that cost was. They were willing to take whatever they could get to move on from Alfred Payton. And that's unfair to him in some ways because, again, by all accounts, he did the right things. By all accounts, he was a great teammate and model citizen. But again, production is what really matters. Again, it's being able to produce on the court. It's being able to Lift your team to victories. And Peyton never delivered that. Just like Rob Hennigan never delivered that. And so now the Magic are beginning to move on. It's not just the front office has changed. Now the roster begins to change. And it's going to take time. The Magic will make some changes this summer. In the offseason. At the draft before the season begins, and perhaps even waiting to the deadline. It will still take time to make these changes. But clearly, the changes are coming, and the changes must come. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write. 
so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. There was, of course, a game on Thursday, so I want to quickly talk about the game uh, because the games still happen, and I, I think they still matter. Maybe you don't. I don't know. But the Orlando Magic take on the Atlanta Hawks in a game that really started off very, very ugly but finished with a nice flourish. Evan Fournier scoring eight points, eight straight points for the Magic in the four, in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter, turned a one-point deficit into a six-point lead. Orlando eventually led by as much as seven in that stretch. Atlanta came back because Orlando doesn't know how to finish games quite yet, but neither do the Hawks. A step-back three-pointer from Dwayne Dedman was no good. Uh, Torian, or I think it was Torian Prince, hits a three-pointer at the buzzer that is ultimately inconsequential. The Orlando Magic defeat the Atlanta Hawks 100-98. This was an ugly game, like I said at the start. You could tell this was a game between the two worst teams in the, in the, in the Eastern Conference, at least. Two of the worst teams in the NBA. The teams combined to score 39 points. Or they, they, it was, the score was tied at 39 at the end of the fir- first half. Teams combined to score 29 points in an ugly second quarter. Neither team was able to get much going offensively. and It was partially because of good defense, but a lot of scrappy play, a lot of rush shots, a lot of bad decisions in the paint for Orlando. It was that moment that you could really tell that they missed a player like Alfred Payton who can get into the lane and finish around the basket pretty easily or set others up with his drives. That's something the Magic will definitely have to figure out how to get get more passing in the lineup. And, and I think that's where Nikola Vucevic's return is really going to help this team. Second half, though, was a very different story. Both teams started shooting the lights out a little bit more, started making baskets, and that really changed the pace and complexion of the game. It was a back-and-forth affair. Atlanta seemed to always have an answer for Orlando. They eventually took the lead in the fourth quarter, and Orlando needed an answer, and they found it in Evan Fournier. He made all three of his shots in the fourth quarter, to finish 7-for-14, so he entered the quarter 4-for-11. He was not having a very good game to that point. Made all three of his shots, scored those eight points to score 22, 2-for-4 shooting, 6-for-6 from the foul line, three assists for Evan Fournier as he leads the Magic to a victory, a 100-98 victory. Just running through the rest of the stats for you here as we close up today's show. DJ Augustin, 18 points, 5-for-14 shooting, 9 assists. An okay game for DJ Augustin. Um, Had his moments where he was struggling, had his moments where... It was definitely like, come on, dude, you know, you, you know, you're playing like the old DJ, you're playing like the bad DJ, um, but overall did some very nice things on the floor. I can't really complain too much about him. Jonathan Simmons, 13 points, 5 for 11 shooting. Bismack Biombo, 10 points, 5 for 9 shooting, 7 rebounds, 3 turnovers, uh, or sorry, 4 turnovers for Bismack Biombo. Space seemed very congested. Um, Biombo has become a little bit too much of an outlet uh, for Orlando, and when he gets the ball, everyone kind of congests the space, so you need better spacing around him. You need to give him room to operate, give him an outlet to get rid of the ball quickly. Um, Magic really struggled with that, but uh, honestly, I think the biggest thing with Bismack Biombo is his rebounding. Yes, he had seven rebounds in this game, and that looks nice, but I really thought that Biombo... Um, I really thought that Biombo got outworked by John Collins, mistimed his jump, 
you know, he struggled to catch the ball, which is a known issue with Bismack Biombo. Uh, so, yeah, an up and down game for him. I, I don't really know what to make of it. All the Magic's big struggled with John Collins, so not a huge deal. Off the bench, Maurice Spate scores 14 points, 5 for 11, shooting 4 for 9 from beyond the arc. Made a ton of threes in the second quarter to help the Magic take the lead. Um, really, the, when the offense was rolling, it was because of him. Um, Spates made some good shots, made some great shots. Um, but again, I think Vogel left him in a little too long, a hair too long. Cost the team a little bit in the fourth quarter as, as, as definitely getting tired. And when he gets tired, his defense gets very lazy. Shelvin back nine points, four for 10 shooting, over three from beyond the arc. Ken Birch, two points, seven rebounds, two block shots, had some great moments as well as some good energy from Ken Birch. For, uh, Orlando shoots 42.9% from the floor, nine for 21, 29 from beyond the arc. Uh, 13 turnovers lead to 8 Hawks points. 17 Atlanta turnovers lead to 17 Orlando points. The Magic score 44 points in the paint and defeat the Atlanta Hawks 100-98. to They gave up only 42.5% shooting. 12-30 from beyond the arc. The three-point shot kept Atlanta in the game. But ultimately, the Hawks, the turnovers were too much. Couldn't get enough scoring. 19 apiece from Torian Prince and Dennis Schroeder. 11 from Tyler Dorsey and Malcolm Delaney. But the Magic win... 198, thanks to some late-game heroics from Evan Fournier. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. We'll have more trade deadline thoughts on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. That'll be Sunday at noon on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook page. Just check out facebook.com slash Orlando Magic Daily. So be sure to check that out. We'll have more trade deadline thoughts. What comes next for the Orlando Magic? How the team is doing? What the team has left to focus on? The rest of this season, we'll have plenty to talk about, I am sure. So be sure to join us there. I'll take your questions and and hear and uh, respond to what you have to say about the team. So be sure to join again. That's noon, uh, noon on Sunday on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook page. That's facebook.com/slash Orlando Magic Daily. Otherwise, I'll see. Otherwise, you'll be able to listen to that show on Monday's episode of Lockdown Magic. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Lockdown Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter there at O Magic Daily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode. Until Sunday at the Facebook Live or Monday Unlocked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich of Orlando Magic Daily. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.